Hello everyone and welcome to another sunny day uh, here in South Africa, Peter Maritzburg, South Africa. Sitting here on these brown couches again with the the plants are still flowering, Rob, well done. Look at you, I'm so proud of you, Rob. <laughs> but uh, last time we were talking about what to do um, when there's those emotions. You had told the story, Rob, of, uh, of this 10-year-old girl who had had a major social problem in terms of her best friend now not wanting to be her best friend anymore and um, and then I'd asked you a question and uh, you had said you know the, the thing that we wanted to do is to understand step one and but then also get to where we go from there like what what does that what does that young girl I'll call her Dorothy um, so we have a name but um, what does Dorothy do tomorrow you know and 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 what do you as parents help her with to be able to get there I think is where we were going yeah, that's right, Stu. Um, that, that's pretty much the framework that I have in mind. And just to say at the outset, um, to me this is really important. And for us as parents to, you know, it's not something we want to overdo, but at the same time it really is a serious thing in a way because I've seen how for young people these kinds of social fallouts, they can have a long shadow to them. So you will find that people carry forward social pain. Um, and the way that we carry that pain matters a great deal. I've seen it really manifest because it's been festering for some time, manifest in later years as something that the young person says, way back then, that thing really knocked me. And what they're saying to me is, Rob, I haven't actually recovered yet. So, you know, these are light moments in a way. They're not moments we need, want to overdo as parents, but we certainly also need to be careful not to underdo or, or leave these, these, these coaching parenting moments. So that makes a lot of sense, Rob. Well, I suppose just to hand straight back to you and to say, well, what, what, what do we do then? Okay, so of course we can only deal with it as it unfolds. We do our best all the time and uh, we don't always know how it's going to unfold. But um, I said last time that we do want to slow down. We do want to stay connected to our child's reality, including in your case of, of Caleb, the fact that he doesn't want to talk necessarily. And that's okay. He's allowed to be who he is in that moment. And we mirror that, we notice it, and we respect that. In the case of this, this daughter, what was important um, for the parents, because, I mean, mum and dad were both upset, each in their own way. Um, we've got to contain our own uh, uh, discomfort, our own distress. Um, and if you like, that kind of vengeful you know, impulse to destroy, you know. You know, who does this beep beep think she is? You know, I thought she was a nice girl. She isn't. And sometimes in these nasty moments, a lot of our attention can go towards the other child and thinking about them and why did they do this? And of course, there's no real answer to that. We have to pay attention to our child. Our child is the one we need to coach and help. Um, we can also be, you know, quite uh, keen to solve it for them, to, if you like, engineer it from home, as I say, to phone parents and see if we can, if we can sort of adjust things and, and make it better. Most of those efforts that don't work that well. Most of the things we try to facilitate from home don't well, don't work well. Might be lucky, but I would say that our most of our attention has to go towards stabilizing and helping our our daughters, our sons, um, to deal with their own social worlds. So 
If I think of this girl, really, again, what mum and dad needed to do was to equip and strengthen her at both level one and level two. Do you remember those two levels I went on about? And level one really was around restoring her sense of intrinsic worth. The fact that she is good, the fact that she is loved, the fact that she matters, um, the fact that she is important in her own right, and that yes, this hurts a lot, but it isn't something that comments on her worth as a person. And we need to convey those sorts of messages to our children, you know. Um, if we are want to come from a faith-based perspective, reminding her that she's a child of God, that God made her in a certain way, that she's loved, that she's good, um, and that um, we want her to, uh, to have faith and trust in that. This is a bad situation, but we're going to help her to act in a way that is good and right, um, and one that we hope she feels good and proud about. So what does she do with Rachel? Because as I say, Tuesday's coming. How does she now cope with um, this tricky break time space? What does she do? And I think there we want to go quite concrete. We want to um, give our child words that they can say. We want to give them actions that they can do. Um, what will she do if Rachel and her new friend go off to some other corner of the playground? What will our daughter do? Give her real steps that she can take who else might she draw alongside um, who else could she partner up with for that break time and maybe depending on her capacity what could she say to rachel what could she say to her about this change in affection the fact that she no longer seems to care about our daughter how does our daughter speak for herself and here i think we're teaching really vital social skills around boundaries the establishing of boundaries between me and you and the fact that you know i don't want you to treat me as someone of no worth and i will speak out when i feel like you are disrespecting who i am as a person i'm going to tell you when you've hurt me like that and secondly linked to that is one of assertiveness this idea that i'm not a social pushover i'm not going to disappear from the social space you know you need to i think rachel you're a good person the way you're acting right now isn't nice you're being mean and sometimes simple things that are age appropriate for our children to potentially say look they may not use them because social life moves so fast but it's quite nice for them to have a few phrases that they can say to rachel should the need arise I'll say one more thing about this, and that is I often find it's really, really helpful to equip our children at the level of what are they going to say to themselves in those spaces? Because in social spaces, when we're being ignored, when we're being treated as less than or as though we don't matter, we feel ashamed. And as we've discussed before, shame fragments who we are. It gives us a really ghastly incoherence feeling inside and it can be really really important for young people to be able to say something orientating and restoring to themselves in their minds like for instance um, I'm God's child God knows who I am or I do have friends there are other people who like me or I am uh, 
Caleb Walker and dad reminded me of who the Walker guys are. You know, what is it that they're going to say to themselves when those social arrows are heading their way? Thanks, Rob. That's as I think through that, I think to myself, probably the starting point for me, though, is to coach myself to be able to say those same things and to be, I don't know if that makes sense to you. I, I can think of myself sometimes and not and not speak those words to myself so that I'm also ready to be able to speak those words honestly and openly and, you know, fully confident when I, when it comes to my children. That is true, Stu. So, you know, what I do for myself as a parent, I mean, I read a lot of psycho- psychology material um, and a lot of it is fascinating and, and really, really creative and interesting to to take on board but I, I always test it out for myself first and if I can't use it and if I can't feel its impact I don't pass it on to my kids so I first apply it to myself to get a, a feeling for it and to see how it actually works and where do I use it before passing that on to my children yeah that makes a lot of sense to me and and I think I think for Sam and I it's something that uh that, that we certainly are trying to do as well is to try and actually say, well, let's first get it, get myself orientated in these kind of ways before we try and fake it, I suppose. <laughs> yes, that's right. I mean, it comes, it comes across, you know, as sort of something pretend. It comes across as something that's in our minds, but not actually in our lives. Um, and so we do want to make it real. We want to make it something that we've we've tried out and tested for ourselves that we can vouch for. And then just to say, while we are busy thinking about how to guide, you know, this young 10-year-old girl forward, it is really important to listen to what she wants. And I say this because very often where there's social fallout, the parents want one kind of solution, but the daughter or the son may want something different because after all, it's their social world and the child involved, the children involved, these are, these are her friends. So what does she want to do going forward with Rachel? And I find that a really important step that's quite often overlooked, remembering that she's the one who has to use these bits of advice. And if they don't mesh with what she wants, well, you know, it's not going to really fly. So I do make sure to ask that question of young people. Um, and then I'm much more confident that they're likely to use the ideas that the two of us come up with. And if the idea from from your child is one that um, potentially could be quite dangerous, hurtful, you know, uh, going forward, let, let's take one example. So she actually wants wants to just she's just going to go back and try and be Rachel's friend now, and that's all she wants, and she just wants that, um, and that's all that she can she can think of. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, that's very often the case. She says to you, no, I mean, but I like Rachel. You know, she's my friend. We have a lot of fun together. Now, that's true for her. And I think that we need to listen to that. If we don't, then what's going to happen cumulatively is that our children are going to stop asking us for advice around social spaces. So we have to, unfortunately, if you like work with what they want because they're the ones who have to do it again though the thing about boundaries is boundaries aren't walls that separate people boundaries are points of connection boundaries are about healthy healthy connectedness with others so 
if our daughter says, look, I still think Rachel's a nice person, she may well be right. Okay, remember, we've gone to rage mode. We've written Rachel off a long time ago, but we're probably wrong. She probably is quite sweet. It's just that she's also a growing up little girl with all sorts of stuff going on in her, her world. So we want again, though, to say to our child, okay, fair enough. And she has actually been a good friend for a long time. But how do you go forward with wisdom? How are you going to bring in the idea of boundaries, the idea of representing your worth? Okay, and so how would you do that, Rob? Just to finish this off, how would you, what words would you want to give Dorothy to actually say, okay, she wants to now still be friends with Rachel. She just wants to kind of go back tomorrow and and everything to continue as normal. Um, how would you build that with her? Well, I suppose what I'd be wanting her to say is, again, probably... Um, addressing the two levels of self-worth. I think what she might want to do is to say to her friend, Rachel, I really care about you. I like you. You're my friend. And we've had a, we've had a lot of fun together. There's a lot of times that we've enjoyed. But at the moment, and by the way, I'm now going to level two, you're being mean to me. I don't know why. You can explain it to me if you like. But what you're doing at the moment isn't nice. I'm not liking it. So it's a kind of a twofold message. I like you. You're a good person, but you're being mean. All right, and and I suppose um, that relates to all of us, doesn't it, Rob? Um, I mean, maybe maybe after this, I can have a little chat with you about. <laughs> uh, Rob, thank you so much again, and um, and we'll we look forward to the next one where we just take this one step further.